This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good evening, Jason Glick. Hey, John. I'm, how are you doing, man? I'm doing not so bad. How about yourself? Uh, I'm do, doing all right. And, oh. um, yeah, so tonight we're going back to the um, big big well of manga that's that's been released in the U.S. And also a specific series that I've kind of been, that I would have been buying um, had it when it came out initially if I had not. If I now um, find myself um, between jobs when it came out back in the uh, mid aughts, so let me take you back to a time, a time basically when the manga bubble was um, going strong, and you could just get get just about any series released um, in the U.S., including a uh, a immensely popular um, Shonen Jump series um, that had its, had one of its defining runs back in the mid eighties. I'm talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Now, this is a series um, that's been Going on for like going on strong for like over a hundred volumes, both in its in its main series incarnation and various spinoffs that take take place in the uh, same universe. But um, it's but it's basically like a um, Japanese institution at this point, and it's something that I actually um, had encountered um, way back when I was um, like in the late nineties when I was going to um, anime clubs at the University of California Riverside. So so get this um, one it's like um, one week um, we're watching this. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm what I'm at the I'm at around my club, the Greenwood Film Society, and I'm um, I'm up for just about anything they show because it's been they've been putting out lots of good stuff, and um they toss us this the first episode of this series called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's an OVA series, and um it's like it's basically about these it shows just these burly guys, um just you know waiting around in the desert and they've got these apparently these psychic powers that are manifested through um you know really. Like real or any char- spirit characters that that um, emanate out from them whenever they want to use these powers. Oh, and apparently we're introduced um, from them, introduced to these guys when they are um, recruiting their new member, who's a dog who likes to um, eat, um, jump up in a guy's face, eat their hair, and then fart in their faces. So that's that's kind of an introduction to this series I got in the first first five minutes of the episode, and it's like, what the fuck. I was just about ready to um, completely um, write the series off, and I would have just—I would have, except for the fact that you know, hey, I'm in the middle of the uh, the screening, like we the screen. I was like, okay, I can't just walk out right now. I mean, so I might as well just like suffer through it and just see um, what what the series has to offer. So, turns out, the series has to offer had to offer a lot of really cool stuff by the end of the episode. Actually, I mean, like after the um, people who dropped off the dog um, flew off in their helicopter. Turns out it crashed about five minutes later, and um, it shows like a dude who um drowned in the desert for some weird reason, and then um turn then you've got um this guy who um like who freaks out when one of the characters brings him a uh, a canteen in order to um, give him some water because they figure he's parched from like you know being bl- almost blown up and all. Then the dude freaks out and then his head is ripped off and then sucked right inside the canteen and and the rest of the rest of the crew. Um, is just like, well, what the fuck is going on here, man? Then you get um, the water, like water wells up, blinds one of their other ones, one of their team members, and then they just like have to um, run off in the uh, in their in their car, and then um, it just seeing them um, the water inside their car just blows like um, blows up, and then everyone is just like left standing in the middle of the desert, just um, just um, like scared shock still because of the thing like okay this guy controls water what the hell is he going to do with us next so it had basically gone from like you know what the hell is going on here to the point where 
hey, yeah, I can actually like, look appreciate where this is going. That is how I was introduced to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And and from those um, following, for the, from the five episodes that followed, I was really mightily impressed by what I saw. Because compared to other Shonen Jump series where it's just, you know, burly dudes beating the crap out of each other or guys trying to be the best at X while, you know, beating the crap out of each other, um, Joseph Bizarre Adventure um, demonstrated a, uh, like a willing, missing more strategic approach to um, beating the crap out of your opponent. Basically, yes, there is. There is lots of fighting. There are burly dudes. I mean, this, there are burly dudes uh, as the main characters because this is a Shonen Jump series from the '80s. But um, what separates JoJo's Bizarre Adventure um, from other um, from other Shonen Jump fighting series is the fact that it's that the uh, characters are the tr- fighting is much more strategic than um, see, than other than other series in the sense that they, yes. Um, Yes, you, it always it does all the standard tradition of like you know our heroes being at the mercy of the bad guys, um, for to a certain point before they manage to reverse things and then you know go on the offensive. But with JoJo's, it's always about just finding the uh, the uh, like the the key or to a beating to, to beating the bad guy and just, just finding what, what like you know what is this guy's weak point and then attacking him from there. I mean this this is a series that has one of my favorite anime episodes. Of all time, in in the sense you have the main character, um, Jotaro Kujo, um, take, taking on a guy, like a, like a guy in a desert, like in a desert bar, um, in a poker game, um, for the souls of his father and one of his comrades. It's a brilliant um, ep- episode that basically that um pl- that um plays out its strategy beautifully and um shows you how he can how he can beat a guy at at poker without even looking at the cards in his hand. It's it's thoroughly thrilling and um if, and if you can ever if you ever find the uh if you ever find the original VA series which is now sadly out of print because turns out that the uh the prequel series they made to um basically offer an introduction to the to the original 6 OVA series that I watched that got we got rid of the issue of the uh you know what the hell are all these people and what are they doing here in the middle of the desert um they were they were um, they probably used to, like a quote from the Quran as part of the soundtrack and yeah it's like they didn't want didn't want to you know offend any Muslims and all so there so the uh, so the uh, box set of the original thirteen episode thirteen episodes of OVAs um, that's kind of like um, either you'll be able to find it for um, it's really rare or you can find it for really cheap like I did back in the day so so there so that's like I said, so that's how I got got into jo- JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and um, now, but the series has also has been kind of like a uh, a cult, if you can call it that, appeal since the uh, for for a good long while now. Um, aside from the uh, from the OVA release and Business Manga um, release of the uh, 16 volumes I'm about to talk about at some point here, um, it's it's like it, it's one of those it's. It didn't. It, it wasn't one of those anime-driven hits of the of the mid aughts like Naruto, like Naruto, that um, see that got everyone buying buying the manga. I mean, I imagine like most people looked at this series and thought, "My God, this is ugly. How old is it?" And um, just didn't give it a second thought. But you know, since then, um, the fortunes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure have slowly been turning. Not only has Capcom released a new um, fighting game within the last year, um, based on the um, 
based on the characters, but you've also got the uh, but you've also got the new um, anime series that has apparently been um, getting lots of um, fans fans and views through um, country, country Roll as well. And this is a um, from the ground up adaptation of the series, um, starting off because the uh, the version of like the version of JoJo's adventure that I've been talking about, stars Jotaro Kujo, is actually the third part of the series. You've got um, the original series, um, um, Phantom Blood, which stars um, JoJo's um, like um, grand um, great 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 grandfather. Um, jo- um, let's see, jo- Jonathan Joe Star, and then um, the follow-up series, um, Battle Tendency, which stars his grandfather, um, um, Joseph Joe Star, who also who also has a um, key role to play in the uh, in the current series, which is called um, Stardust Crusaders. Now, John. I, as I understand, um, you've um, watched a little bit of the original, of the, of the first arc, um, um, Phantom Blood on Crunchyroll, haven't you? Yes, I did. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, any any particular thoughts on um, like on on what you, on what you on those few episodes you saw? Um, it's pretty awesome, actually. I liked what I've seen so far. Um, you know the whole. Uh, you know, set up between him and this character named Dio um, seems to be, you know, uh, it seems to be a on, you know, an ongoing thing, I guess, because I, I see that he pops up later on in the, uh, what do you call it, the Stardust? Stardust Crusaders. Crusaders, that's it. So I was like, okay, that's that's interesting to know because, uh, you know, um, I just, and, and you know, it, it shows an interesting, you know, he has to figure out, you know, why he's doing all these things or who's doing all these things to him. It does turn out to be deal. He figures it out, and it just pisses him off more and more. So, you know, um, and uh, even to, you know, his, you know, he, he tries to ruin his name in town. So, yeah, definitely um, this seems to be like the genesis of, you know, a lot of the story, you know. Yeah, and also with, uh, let's see, with the uh, first arc... Um, this is something that uh, I mean. It takes place in like the eight, in like the late um, 1800s, doesn't it? It's like Correct. It's a very atypical uh, setting for like for an anime or yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's you know, it's not you know, this is not Japan. This is <laughs> so it's it's you know, it's um yeah, it's not it's not your typical anime, but it definitely the 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 artwork looks nice in the anime. So. And, Indeed, I mean it's like, and it, and it's also kind of interesting. Interesting to know that you know they've got this atypical setting, and uh, it's something that you probably couldn't have gotten away with, um, in the uh, like, in like today and all, but um, it shows you, hey, you know, in the back in the um, crazy days of um, in the heydays of the '80s show and jump, you could get you could get away with just with all sorts of weird shit, and you know, because like back in the I mean, back in the day. I mean, like this is because this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a series back when is a series um, from when um, you know the men, Shonen Jump days when the men looked like men and the women looked like men as well. So that's so I guess in this long-winded way that I'm talking about, this is how we come to the 16-volume uh, um, um, Viz um, Shonen Jump Advanced release of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and it starts out with our main character Jotaro Kujo. In jail because he's been police. He's been possessed by a, it's like by an evil spirit, and so it takes the um, combined um, 
the, com- the combined efforts of his grandfather, um, Joseph Joestar, and his partner, um, Moha- uh, Mohammed Abdal, um, to get him out of the, like, out of the jail, um, by, like, with Abdal using his, like, using his power of magic- magician's red, which uses, which, um, which uses flame, flame powers, and um, pitting it against, you know, Joseph's, Joseph's star plat, um, jo- Jojo's, um, Jotaro's um, star platinum in in the jail. Now, it's now as I understand, I haven't and I haven't actually seen or read any of the um, manga or anime from like from the first two arcs. But this is the but the um, this but this arc is the first time where they where the uh, characters' um, psychic powers are identified as as stands, which are basically um, pitched as you know this is like, are tied to um you the. Uh, like the uh, tarot, the tarot cards, so it's so I mean it's it's an it's an interesting gimmick. I mean, like you need need something like that for for Shonen Jump, and but it's also it's also fun to note that at some point, um, like the creator creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Arai, um, basically said that yeah, we wanted we um dashed onto the tarot because we figured this is going to be like a have have like a um, good amount of like you know villains and other powers we could choose. But at some point, we um, it eventually um, proved to not be enough, so we went up went up to using um, Egyptian gods as well. Because the series, because the series actually, actually starts it starts in Japan, but then it slowly goes goes through goes through um, Eastern Asia all the way over to all the way over to Egypt for you know for, for plot driven reasons. And the series um, contains contains a lot of your standard shonen jump tropes of the uh, you know. The, the main character, um, like you know, winning over the um, like some of the some of the bad guys to their side, um, let's see, and also just like you know, lots of multi like um, it's like multi chapter fights. It's like and and just like you know, beat beat beating up the bad guys, bad guys as well. I mean, it's it's very shonen jump in its ex, in its ex, execution, but also it's also really weird and really strange as well. I mean, the first volume itself has JoJo. Um, Using Star Platinum to French kiss one of his teachers, French kiss an enemy stand out of one of his teacher after she's um, after she's gone crazy and started stabbing stabbing them to death. Then the volume ends with them taking out a, a stand who uh, Sam Power who likes to um, rip out the tongues of people, like of people for his own enjoyment. It's like you've also got um, other other weird stands like the uh, it's like a. It's like an orangutan who um, has has an entire ship as see, as a stand. Get another one who um, it's like who has a microscopic stand that can get into your head, get get, get into your head and uh, make you feel all the pain that is done to him. It's like as a result, and that leads to um, Jotaro, leads to Jotaro being this guy's bitch for a little while, while um Joseph, um, um Abdal and um, it's like and his other companions um. Like um Kakuin and um Pol- and um Polnareff, um fight um fight um find a way to get this guy out of out of Joseph's brain. It's like and also like I said, you also get like with Shonen Jump tropes. I mean, you've got like like um Kakuin and Polnareff are like the uh, guys who who were once on the on the bad guys side, but are now. But uh, after jo- after um Jojo um after Jotaro beat them, he's um like they're on his side as well. And they're cool and they're cool characters as well. They're really it's like um. Takuin kind of like um, fills the like, the void of the, like the uh, like the cool it's like of the, of the cool um like the, of the cool guy and um, Polnareff is like the hot headed 
like um it's like it's an arrogant guy who's gonna like charge into any situation re- regardless of the danger it's like or danger or common sense and and um i and also just like to take um you know if get back my um whole talk about the series is like okay it's, it's weirdness and it's bizarreness as well i mean it's like it's to be honest like the best way to describe the series is probably to say that it's it's kind of what what a shonen jump series would be like if Stephen King had written it because it's cause, you know, there's a there is a strong horror influence in all in all the weird stuff that happens to these characters and in the sense that you know if it wasn't for the fact that they had all these psychic powers and that they weren't just like completely burly dudes um like you know it would it would read as a um very it's a very horrific thing in the sense that all all the weird stuff that, hap- that happens to them, and even and even then, like the bad guys have their own um, struggles as well, such as the uh, such as the car- the wielder, the empress, who um, has a grudge against Polnareff for killing her killing her son after um, Polnareff avenged himself against this guy for killing his for killing his sister. It's like, and also, you know, comedy um, relief um, comedy relief villain Whole Horse. Who, um, you know, he's got this gun. This um, he can fire bullets that can like curve around anything, but um, he's also just like you know incredibly goofy in terms of how he, it's like, how he comes off. But it's, but still, like the series is like I said, the series um holds like does channel a lot of what I liked from the, uh, like like I'm um, from the original OVAs, and since it, it's all about it's it's less about you know just beating a dude down. Then um, finding out what his weakness is through through through, through strategy, and um, it's like and it's like and discovery, just f- and um, I mean you, you know, Jojo um, Jotaro has his um, has his traditional um, attack when he like when he has to like go and go and beat the beat the shit out of some dude who deserves it, but that only happens after he's found his um, way of they after found their way of um, beating out, beating the dude down. Some of the more memorable ones occurred during the um during the gambler Dar um it's like um Darcy I mean Dar- Darby um who at, who challenges him to a uh, to a to a poker game and that's one from that I love from the anime like from the anime series but you've also got the uh, but then you also what's not in the uh, anime is there it's their match against his brother um is his brother um Ter- Terrence Trent Dar Darby. Who um, it's like who basically challenges on um, um Jotaro to a video game that um he that where and um while uh, um Terrence Trent Darby's um brother um stand basically serves as kind of a uh, it's like an infrared um lie detector on like on Joseph's on on Jotaro's soul so he can tell him what what he's going to do but um but um Jotaro finds a way. Finds a way to um, outsmart him, and that's it's and that kind of like comes in on like what I really, what I really like about the series, just just that whole like you know what what can we do like how do like yes we are going to beat the guy down, but first we have to find a um, way way to outsmart him that doesn't involve um, kicking his ass first. So so in the end, all of the beatdowns of the series certainly feel earned, and it's not perfect though. I mean there is. This being a Shonen Jump series, I mean the fights do tend to feel dragged out for like for a little little while, even if even if you're reading these volumes one after the other, like I was. And also there there were a couple of things like in the uh, final battle with Dio that I thought that the uh, um, 
the on that the anime did a lot um like did better action actually such as the uh such as Joe um such as John Jotaro's um attempt to such as way of finding out you know hey he's got the same kind of um stand power that Dio does and how he eventually um learns to use that learns to use that for his advantage I mean it's not and not that the, the uh, anime does everything better. I mean, there's a um, horrible, um, th- there's an awful, um, oh, this guy comes right back to life um, bit in the anime that I didn't like. But then we find out in the in the manga, oh, this is how they were able to do it. And it also hinges on how, how Jotaro um, managed to restart his heart in the middle of the fight with Dio. So I like, so that was cool. But um, really, it's, the series is like a really fantastically strange and yes, bizarre series that um if you like if you tend to write off shonen jump series because like you know they tend to adhere a adhere to a specific formula um jojo's bizarre adventure is a series that um see that basically um, takes that um formula and just does shows you that hey, you don't have that you can just do some really strange and um and crazy shit with it um depending on how how you go how you go about it I mean, it's like it's not. I mean, sum it up. It's not a um, like that most um Shonen Jump series um tend to focus around the same thing. Isn't a failure of the formula. It's a failure of imagination. And um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, you know, definitely has a lot of stuff, a lot of that in spades. So, and it ultimately make, and it, I do think it ultimately makes up for the fact that yeah, it's kind of, it, it it is kind of it. Parts of it do feel kind of ridiculous. There is kind of like some. Some parts where you feel that um, that Ar- Araki is kind of like um, making making up the stand powers as he goes along, and um, it's like like I said, there's like the whole show and jump pacing as well. But still, I like I thoroughly enjoyed these um, like these sixteen volumes, and I'm looking forward to reading um, this is um, at least of the first twelve, which are like I mean these sixteen volumes are actually volumes. Um, 13 through 28 of the Japanese release, and Viz will be releasing um, volumes 1 through 12, um, Phantom, um, Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency arcs um, next year um, sooner in um, in digital, but um, next year in print. So, and I have to, and I will have to, um, you know, steal myself because I realize that, you know, with um, this, this, the volumes that are out right now basically represent the series hitting its stride, and so now those first twelve volumes are basically going to be the whole, uh, whole um, Araki is uh, working at the kinks of his style before he really hits that point. So, first twelve volumes definitely going to buy them. Probably not going to enjoy them as much, but um, I do hope that um, after they pave the way for releasing more of this series in, it's like in English at some point. Oh, and I'd also be remiss in mentioning. The fact that um, Araki does like drawing a lot from um, American pop culture in his like in his series, such as the uh, so, I mean, you've got the villain named Dio, which is just of course a nod to um, great Ron, gr- the late great Ronnie James Dio. You got villains named um, Terrence Trent Darby, named after the uh, trance artist from the, from the early from the um, early nineties, and and also um, one of the villains is named Jay Giles. As um you know from the Jay Giles band and all, but um the um nod to the nod to um Western culture that I liked the most was um when the uh, it's like when JoJo and his crew um took on um the Wheel of Fortune card, who turned out to be like you know a guy with a with a, 
with his his stand was a car, and it's um right out of the movie Duel because um John I I know you've seen this movie um it's Steven Spielberg's like classic TV TV film about Dennis Weaver and a and a um and a semi truck driver driving dueling through the desert right Yep, that's right. And uh, um, who's driving it? Um, probably Dio. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that, that's as good as good answer as any because you know he could he could have been driving the driving that semi back in the seventies because we never because the cool thing is in, in that movie we never see the see the driver. It's just wonder and just like it's it's a masterpiece in, intention. It's just showing you just exact as it gives you as little knowledge as you need in order to get invested in the. Uh, it's like in the, it's like in um, like in Dennis Weaver's plight, and that's that was really cool, right? Yes, it was. Oh man, I mean, you, terror, terror that has no face. I mean, you know, you don't know the face of your enemy, you know, and um, the one, well, you know, and just just to just to, just as a nod to that film, I think that that's great that they do that in the series. Um, but uh, there's a part in the film where. Where he pulls off to a rest stop, and then you know, or no cafe in the middle of nowhere. Dennis Weaver's character, you know, as he's running, and uh, and I believe the truck drive, you know, the truck driver comes in, or he's already there, and he doesn't know who it is. There's several people in here, and he's like, "Who is the face of it?" Never, never, never get to see him. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because there is a, there is a nod to that in it's like in the uh, in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure because I mean when the when Jojo and Jotaro and his crew. Um, I pull up to the um, to, to this like similar rest rest stop somewhere in Pakistan or India. I think it's India where this this, this story takes place. And they um they look at these um guys around this rest this rest stop, and they realize they they all look like you know really um suspicious um creepy dudes you know as as you'd expect. And um and so like and but then the, you know, the, the whole thing like oh, who are who is this who is the driver. It's like, you know, like, how are we, we going to figure out? And then um, Jotaro goes, well, there's only one way to find out. To beat the crap out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Kind of like, you know, just showing you the um, real, like, the, the delineation between, you know, what, between, Amer- between um, Shonen Jump and American suspense philosophies, right? Right Indeed. there. And it's, it, it, it's, like I said, it's, it, it, it could be, it's, it's a really, it's a really nice, it's a really fun, fun, fun arc. And it's like, it's that, that, the whole wheel of fortune bit, and it, but it also, but even though it's like if it it it's, it uh, has its roots in duel, it does go off into um, in into the like, standard um, ridiculous show and jump territory when um after they do manage to get the car to go off a cliff, it drives right through the cliff wall, up up through the ground in order to um come back at them, and then um shoot them with gasoline in order to um get start start the fight, um proper. So it's so yeah, he it, only uses duel as a jumping off off point if that but um it's but yeah it's like um just their adventure it's um borrowing uh and um nods to um 80s american culture is uh are, are more are more fun and amusing than, than anything else so it's like even though it's it's 16 volumes um some of the volumes are are eight bucks other volumes are 10 bucks um but overall it's like actually if you look if you want to like look for a um if you think that Shonen Jump series are just all about, you know, um, people beating the crap out of each other or someone um, trying to be the best at X, then um, I'd highly recommend it. It's good fun and um, truly lives up, lives up to its name as well. Do you know what you're going to talk about next week, Mr. Glick? Yeah, um, 
something that um, after uh, many years of waiting, um, they finally, um, Alan Moore and um, Top Shelf have finally released um, the three volumes, the, th the three issues of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Volume 3 in hardback. I figure that um, it'd be a, be a good time to talk about the uh, series, series as a whole. All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters, everyone. All right, bye.